What's up, everyone? Welcome to the New Evangelicals Emergency Broadcast. Listen, I'm sure by now you know of the Little Nas X situation. Um, if you're not aware, just Google it. You'll see the whole thing. But I had to talk about it in, in a long-form conversation. So on this episode, I found um, Bridget uh, via Twitter and uh, Instagram. Actually, I should say my admin found uh, found her for me. Bridget is someone who, in her uh, Instagram bio, says that she is a Christian, a lesbian, and currently PhDing. So I had to have her on to talk about this issue. She's also writing a book called Heavy Burdens, which is about the journey of the LGBTQ plus community in the church that will be coming out shortly. But on this episode, it's a pretty short one, only about 25 minutes. I just wanted to get her thoughts on the Little Nas 10 situation. We unpack some of the imagery um, in, in his content. And then Bridget really shares some great perspective on, on how the church has treated this community in the past and also how the church has kind of lost its way um, regarding its mission. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And please do not forget, if you like this podcast, please, please, please give us a rating and a written review. It would be such a huge help. All right, check out this episode. Talk to you all soon. I'm ready. All right, everyone, I have an emergency episode of the podcast happening right now. So on this episode, I have Bridget on my uh, on my show. Bridget, thanks for coming out and coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I will be honest. I know we kind of threw this together last minute. So <laughs> I'm looking forward my, on my end to even uh, to know more about you as well. Your Instagram bio says, uh, Bridget, uh, and then it says Christian, lesbian, PhDing, inspiration from queer icons and posts, and check out my book below. Unpack that for us. Give us a little bit of, of your background, where you're currently doing, and uh, and where you're at theologically. Yeah, so uh, I am a Christian. I was raised in the church, and um, I am still a Christian to this day, which um, in some ways is you know a little bit of a miracle. I sometimes say that I survived a Christian upbringing because in some ways, uh, when you're, when you grow up in the church, the uh, ways in which your Christian upbringing kind of teaches you to see the world in some ways works against you staying a Christian in the long run. Um, And so I like to say sometimes that I survived a Christian (laughs) upbringing and I am still a Christian to this day. Um, Mm. And I do a lot of work currently um, around LGBTQ issues in the church. Hmm. Um, uh, And you mentioned that I have a book coming out this year. Uh, My book is called Heavy Burdens Mm. and it is um, focusing on kind of unpacking the legacy of discrimination against LGBTQ people in Christianity. Um, And it kind of walks Christians through what this looks like and how this works and the impact on LGBTQ people um, Mm. with a, with a real focus on um, the, you know, the long-term consequences upon LGBTQ people's mental health Mm. that um, ultimately leads um, to suicide in many tragic situations. Um, And so my book kind of unpacks why, like, why is this happening in the church? Why is this going on? Why are LGBTQ people uh, kind of uh, ingesting this theology of death that Mm. leads to, um, you know, so much anguish and suicidal ideation and and death ultimately for for a lot of people. 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely at some point will want to have you back on to go into depth about that whole issue because I it's something I am working my way through as we speak. As someone who grew up homeschooled evangelical conservative, I'm trying to unpack the theological perspectives on this, but personally, I land very affirming of that community and based on seeing what you just described and hearing the stories. Like, okay, something is wrong here. So I want to get into that at some other point because there's so much there, but I want to kind of steer the conversation into maybe the most latest expression of what some of what, of what you just uh, just described with this little Nas situation. So for those of you who don't know, um, a musical artist, I think his name is Lil Nas uh, X, I think is how Lil you say Nas it. Lil Nas X, yeah. Yes. Uh, he released um, a pair of shoes that have a Satan logo on them, and uh, he released a music video that's pretty provocative. And essentially, what it sounds like is that uh, he is he is a gay uh, a gay artist in, in the community of music, and he said that pretty much this video is inspired by all of the hurt that he's received for being gay by the Christian community. And I, what I feel like is I watched the video, I was like, okay, it's obviously provocative, obviously. And I watched it and I go, okay, this looks like what he's doing is he's just holding up a mirror to all the theology and putting a visual expression to the words that have been told to him. Um, but the evangelical church is losing their collective mind over this. I mean, they're just going crazy. You know, Franklin Graham's posting about it and it's just, it's just so aggravating. So give us, yeah. give me your perspective on this. Like, I'm sure you saw what happened. What do you make of this? Yeah, well, I, I really think it's summed up best by uh, something that Lil Nas X put on his uh, Twitter. Um, and I, I'm not going to be quoting it 100% accurately, but it, it was to the effect of y'all love to condemn us to hell, but then you get mad when I actually go there. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, that just, got, just, that just kind of sums it up perfectly is that um, we, uh, you know, have an artist who grew up being told um, that he was destined for hell, that God hates people like him, that he is going to be damned for the rest of eternity. Yep. Um, and he grew up internalizing that message. Um, and, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, we have this video now kind of unpacking that for us right. and unpacking for the world what that what that, what impact that has on a gay person. Hmm. Um, and right. that to me is, is the importance of this video is it's unpacking for everyone. Um, what the impact of the messaging in the church is on gay people and what they are internalizing, what they are learning, what they are hearing, um, and just putting it out there and being like, this is it. And at the same time, what we see in this video is Lil Nas X is kind of taking that narrative and taking that theology that is often pushed onto gay people and he is subverting it. Mm. Um, and you know, that's where you get to the end of the video where, um, instead of, um, you know, being dragged into hell, kicking and screaming, right. he kind of charges into hell mm -hmm. um, with the, you know, very evocative, you know, he pole dances down into hell and he kind of lands with this authority and he saunters his way past the gates and he kills Satan. Right. Um, right. And, uh, you know, that to me is like, he is unpacking for us. This is the theology you have given to me. This is what right. you have given to me. And so this is what I am doing with what you have given to me. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think 
that needs to be seen first um, as a response to the really the satanic teaching that the church has given to LGBTQ people yeah. um, and, uh, and uh, you know, putting them in a position where they have to figure out how to deal um, with, with this very hateful um, and, and damning theology that they've been given. Yeah, I mean, yes, yes, exactly. I mean, all he did was give Christians the the visual of what they say and now they're all mm-hmm. offended by it like oh mm-hmm. this is this is a danger to our children well it's like yeah but you gave him the ammo you gave him the imagery to paint this picture with because mm-hmm. everything in that video almost everything i could think of i've heard from christians at some point in my life every mm-hmm. single part yeah. of it and yeah. it's like okay you know and i i'm really with you on this it sounds like he made this video obviously you know there's a whole entertainment aspect to this he, he he or whoever planned it knew it was going to hit this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it seems like the evangelical culture constantly has the gun of outrage aimed at like the wrong things. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what to do yeah. with that because as someone who is yeah. part of that church culture and trying to reform it somehow, it's just frustrating to be like, okay, we're mad about this. Or we're not mad about like, you know, the Atlanta spa shootings it went very under the radar in Christian circles. The Asian community mm-hmm. spoke out and some of us helped to do our best to bring it to light, but mm-hmm. it was not like as nearly widespread and talked about as this issue is. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is like, why do you think the evangelical church just seems to consistently be on the wrong side of like of of what they're highlighting as a major problem. Well, I, I think that first and foremost, when it comes to this conversation, um, yeah. I think we need to understand the role that homophobia plays, mm. um, and it's incredibly offensive to someone who believes that being LGBTQ is inherently a sin Mm. and inherently deserving of hell and damnation. And then comes around a gay person who says, okay, that's what you believe. Well, okay, well then I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to kill the God of death that you say is going to damn me. Mm. I'm going to kill Satan. Mm. Um, And, you know, we have to, I think, first of all, have an appreciation for um, just how offensive that is to a homophobic sensibility that says that gay people deserve what they get. Um, They deserve to go to hell. And so then, you know, when they come, when a gay person comes around and subverts that narrative, um, it feels, it feels sacrilegious. Um, and to me, I want to turn that around and say, what, what is really sacrilegious here? The mm. fact that yeah. Lil Nas X goes down to hell and kills Satan, or the fact that Lil Nas X grew up in a church that preached that God hated him right. and that God was going to send him to hell because right. he hated him because he was gay. Like, which is, which is really sacrilegious here. Right. Totally. Um, and, and which came first. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. And the, the truth of the matter is that like the church came first with this message of death. 
Uh, and yes. that needs to be acknowledged and dealt with in the church, you know, before we ever start talking about, oh my gosh, like he seduced Satan by lap dancing and like, oh my gosh, the Nike shoes, the <laughs> Satan shoes. And like, you know, there's like all of these distractions, Yes. but like, yes. let's like dial back and like actually ask ourselves, what is this? What is this music video responding to? Yes. This is responding to a satanic theology in yeah. the church yeah. that preaches that the message of the gospel for LGBTQ people is a message of death. Yeah. And that is a twisting of mm. the message of Jesus Christ. That is a twisting of the good news into bad news. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned this uh, yesterday on, on Twitter, mm. but Satan is known as the accuser in mm. scripture. That mm -hmm. is yep. his role in the Bible to yeah. accuse us and to make us stand condemned. And so when Christians stand in this place of accusing LGBTQ yep. people and making them believe that they are condemned inherently yeah. for who they are, they are doing Satan's work. Yeah. They are, in effect, being satanic yes. um, in uh, how they are preaching their theology. And yeah. so we have to dial back and think, like, where is the Satanism coming from? Right, <laughs> exactly. Foremost, where is this, like, hell and damnation theology right. coming from? It's not coming from gay people. Right. It's coming from the church. Yes. Yeah, you know... That's the sound of me prepping the grill with Reynolds Wrap. And the sound of me not doing dishes. And the sound of me spending more time outside with my family. Easy prep, cook, and clean. Make time with Reynolds Wrap. I like the sound of that. Um, I, re I did a short three-minute video on my Instagram account, and one of the things I brought up was that, you know, Satan... Oh in the Bible is usually the term, the Satan. It's really a title and it can mm -hmm. really mean the adversary or, you know, the mm -hmm. accuser. And yeah. I'm, I also drew the connection of, you know, the church in our culture is oftentimes the adversary of people mm -hmm. like consistently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's that idea of like, yeah, what is really being satanic here? What, what this really is, is that the evangelical church, in my view, overall, I'm speaking in a broad stroke here, has terrible theology when it comes to Satan. They've really bought into the Dante's Inferno uh, mm -hmm. and cultural, American culture context of what Satan is, a red guy with horns. Yeah. And they're more offended at a fictional caricature than actually mm -hmm. trying to understand what the role of Satan in scripture and, and being mm -hmm. self-reflective and looking inward and saying, wait, are we doing that? Are we at times playing the role of Satan? Because mm -hmm. honestly, all of us can do that. I mean, that's, that, that's yeah. a very human characteristic. So I do, when you said all that, I'm thinking in my head like, yeah, Yes, that's exactly right. I just don't know, though, at this state, in this stage in the game with the evangelical church, if they're ever going to wake up to that reality. Do you think mm -hmm. it's possible? Because that's where I get really stuck. I mean, not to go too far off the side, you know, the rails here, but if if an insurrection on January 6th could not convince the evangelical church to look inward to see if we have a problem in our own circles, I don't know if this conversation about Satan is going to is going to do anything to have yeah. people who need to change start to change. What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I definitely understand that sentiment and I and I definitely can feel that way at times because I think the 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 naysayers um and the like really vocal kind of you know 
like extremist kind of sentiments are the loudest ones being put out there. But at the same time, I really don't see a future for um, that kind of way of approaching Christianity, mm. the gospel, the teachings of Jesus. I don't see a future for that. I, I, I see it dying out. Um, I, I don't see them really growing. Um, and I see their numbers dwindling and more and more people becoming disaffected with that way of approaching faith. Um, and more and more people, you know, being attracted to uh, more life-giving conversations, like, you know, what you are hosting on your podcast, you know, I think there is a, a new kind of evangelical that is being, uh, born out of this time that is really disaffected with, um, a lot of the old culture war kind of ways of dealing with things and wanting something better, wanting something more grounded in the truth of the gospel message. Um, and just, and not wanting to have, um, so much hate associated with right. the faith that they are trying to live out. And so, um, I really see that as the future and those types of people are growing, every day. Um, and they are wanting to build a better church. They are wanting to build, um, something that is healthier for all people that is more inclusive. Um, and you know, to me, those are the people that are worth, um, building community with and building a future with, um, and just focus. Cause I think it's, it can be really discouraging, um, you know, focusing on, you know, the, the crowd of people that, have been, you know, the major pushers of this culture war mentality. Yes, it can yes. be really discouraging when you get into like rows with those people and you're arguing, you're debating right. and, like, and, but, and then, you know, all they want to talk about is sin and death and condemnation. And, um, and it's just, you kind of just don't get anywhere. Um, and so like, that's a really discouraging place to be. And so I find that it's, I find my time is better spent with the people that are really interested in moving forward, um, and building something better. And when it comes to LGBTQ issues, I think a lot of people are waking up to yeah. yes. what, what the reality has been for queer people in the church yes. and wanting to do better. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. I think that that the the three key ingredients that have led to so many people, including myself, rethinking everything that we grew up with is the issue of racism, the issue of um, you know homophobia in the church and the LGBTQ issue, and the issue of hell. Like those, you put those three in a blender and the oven for 400 degrees, you have a deconstructing Christian like on your hands, you know, and and I I think it's because you put really good language to it of of we're kind of trying to come out of this culture of condemnation and death that, mm -hmm. that has been flipped as like supposed to be life giving. But most of us just find ourselves like discouraged all the time because, mm -hmm. you know, and I agree with you and I think statistically as well, we see that the evangelical church is declining in numbers, but it seems like in the social media world, there are people who are still ginormous influences. I mean, mm -hmm. I use Franklin Graham a lot because he's one of the biggest ones, 10 million followers on Facebook and, you know, hundreds mm -hmm. of thousands on Twitter. And it seems like that group of people, is only getting more resolute, you know, mm -hmm. in their position. Like, well, this is really the war we've been, people have been predicting. People are leaving the church. But I think a lot of us are just trying to say like, no, we're just trying to find a better way forward. You know, like many yeah. of us are Jesus people, even mm -hmm. though we've kind of been, 
disenfranchised and in, 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 in some ways really angry with evangelical culture, we're still clinging to Jesus. In fact, that's why so many of us have walked away. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you, I mean, for you, it seems like, like you're pretty well established in this community. How do people like find this community? Because I get a lot of people on my account who are like, I feel you know like an exile in my faith. I, I don't know where to go. All I know is this conservative Christian expression. How do people like find this new way of going forward? Is it just a social media thing? Like what, what have you found? Um, I do think social media is really helpful. Um, getting into social media and, you know, just starting to tweet or, you know, starting to, you know, post things. Um, and uh, you know, when you start doing that, you start kind of finding the people that are kind of questioning and thinking sort of on similar lines as you. Um, and so that's, that to me is one of the best ways getting plugged into, um, you know, different online groups and things like that. And it kind of just kind of builds over time. Mm. Um, and it's like a a slow process, but, you know, doing something simple, like, you know, finding, um, a, you know, a a new hashtag is trending and finding the people that are posting on that hashtag and then, you know, following them and, you know, reaching out and like, you know, stuff and slowly you start to get to know people, Um, also I think, uh, making intentional choices around church and what churches you go to, Mm. um, uh, for the longest, longest time, I was very intent on staying with an unhealthy church that I was like, you know, very intent on helping to become a better church, you know, and helping to see the light. Right. Um, And uh, the reality is that like, okay, if you really feel a calling in that regard, then that's wonderful. That's great. And, you know, God can use you, but if you're not feeling a calling to do that, then like, you know, don't put yourself through that with an unhealthy church, like find a church that is, uh, that is growing in ways that you want to grow. Right. Um, and a lot of times it's, you know, it's just a matter of finding churches that are willing to ordain women, um, and are, um, affirming and inclusive of LGBTQ people. Um, and that kind of is like a big wide open flag. Hello. Um, we are, you know, trying to do better. Um, and so a lot of times that's a simple way um, to do it. And, you know, sometimes it is challenging finding, you know, churches that are wanting to, you know, be more open um, and are wanting to kind of reconstruct in healthier ways. Um, but I do think that it is important to search for those churches um, and to not settle for churches that are are growing in the opposite direction that yeah. you yourself want to grow. Right. Yeah. Um, one of my, you know, I have a couple more questions for you while, while we have a few minutes, but one, one of them is something I wrestle with a lot is how do we, how do people who are like in, in this kind of new evangelical circle for lack of a better term, how do we not become the thing that we're, we're trying to leave, right? Like, I feel like it's easy for me to be like, okay, if I was on one side fundamentalist, now I'm on the other side. Like, the other side is the real enemy. I don't want to uh-huh. make enemies out of, like, people, right? I don't think mm-hmm. that's, like, the Jesus ethic at all. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, wrestle with that tension of, like, especially someone like you who, who's in the LGBTQ community who probably faces a lot of opposition from Christians often on social media. Mm-hmm. How do you do your best not to dehumanize the other and repeat yeah. the cycle that we're all trying to break? 
Well, I think, you know, for me, I always have to remember that I was them not Mm. too long ago that I had those mentalities. Um, and those mentalities were ultimately what pushed me out and made me realize, um, that, you know, where I was headed was super bad. Um, but I, I have to remember that, like I was them not very long ago. And so, um, you know, sometimes I can be, you know, you know, so many steps ahead that I forget that I have to dial back that people can't take giant leaps all at once that, you know, for, you know, what, what looks super, super regressive to me um, may in fact be a step forward for someone else. Hmm. And, uh, you know, people aren't going to go from zero to 60 overnight. And so, you know, we have to have patience and, you know, allow people to take sometimes even just baby steps in a healthier direction. Um, And uh, that does, um, I I do find that we have to be willing to kind of listen to people more than debate. Um, And that's really hard for someone like me because, (laughs) especially because I having come from an extremely conservative evangelical, also homeschooled background, um, I know everything that they're going to say. (laughs) So it's like, why do I have to listen to them? (laughs) Um, And to a a certain extent, I do, I I, I do want to say that, you know, for, if you are not in a good place yourself, then you do not have to listen to them. Like you (laughs) have to practice self-care. But if you were, if you were thinking Like if you are thinking like, no, I really want to engage. I want to think strategically about how to win people over and change hearts and minds. Um, And if you are ready to kind of do that and you feel like you're in a healthy place and can engage with people without like harming your own mental health, um, then uh, I, I do think that like on a strategic level, it's important to listen. Even if you know everything that they're gonna say and you've heard it a million times, um, it's important for people to feel listened to and to be asked genuine questions. And the thing, the thing that I find about people is that um, we are less likely to have our minds changed because of what someone else has said to us. Yes. But if we are asked enough questions we can talk ourselves into changing our own minds. Mm -hmm. And uh, the best person to change your own mind is yourself. Mm, And so when you're listening to someone and asking genuine questions and getting them to think critically about their beliefs, a lot of times they wind up kind of talking themselves into a heart and mind change over time because they're, they're actually being made to wrestle and think through things. And so, um, yeah, debating people arguing is is so ineffective, but listening, asking questions, engaging Mm. with people, getting them thinking, um, that, you know, really can do a lot for even just getting people to take one step in a, a positive direction. That's really good stuff. Um, Bridget, I appreciate you making literally like last minute plans to come on and record this. I mean, we talked like an hour ago and here we are recording this episode. So it, it truly means so much that you would make the time to come on. Where can people find you? I mean, plug all, all of your social media channels. I'll put some of this stuff in the show notes. Go for it. 
Yeah, you can follow me on social media at Traveling Nun. Um, I'm most active on Twitter, but I'm also on Instagram as well um, and post on there um, on occasion. And uh, so I'm on Instagram, Twitter at Traveling Nun. I'm also on Facebook at Traveling Nun. Um, And then you can... um, Find me online at uh, BridgetEileenRivera.com and you can um, find my book there, Heavy Burdens and all of that. And my book, Heavy Burdens, is out for pre-order as well. And so if you're interested, um, feel free to check that out and order on Amazon. Good. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to talk to you um, offline about getting you back on to go into that topic because I have a lot of questions I'm wrestling through and would love to get your perspective on. And I know this community that I'm a part of is has a lot of questions that they're trying to reconcile. So it'd be great to have you on and just to hear that experience as well. So, but um, yeah, thanks again, Bridget, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Definitely. Definitely.